0: Welcome to Documentary Die Hards, the show where three sports fans break down one 30 for 30 documentary each and every episode. I'm Ren with Sam and Nick. Guys, how's it going?
1: Not too bad. How, it? How you doing, guys? We're
0: already on to what week episode six, I think. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah. So this, this week we're breaking down the 30 for 30 documentary called the legend of jimmy the greek and we'll get into um that later the summary of it but but what's up what are you guys up to lately
1: uh you know just enjoying the the month of august weather's been great uh watching some nba basketball nice today i watched the jazz nuggets was the first uh playoff game it was fantastic
0: it's like a really high scoring nice. overtime game right
1: yeah spider mitchell yeah went overtime and uh the nuggets ended up winning but spider mitchell had like 53 i think something like that so, did
2: he have a mistake at the end of the game or something i saw he apologized for something but i didn't look into uh, it Uh
1: no i didn't catch that
0: okay do, do you guys see after the game jamal murray the the guard for the nuggets he like was just walking around outside in the bubble and he saw mitchell and he like he like took a video and he's like I have to see this guy right after he he puts 50 points on us um, no <laughs> that's just like the bubble life or something like that. <laughs> that
1: that's hilarious i guess i never thought about that like if someone drops 60 on you or 50 on you you, you just have to eat lunch with him the next day <laughs> that's, that's really well then
2: weird. there was there was uh, kyle lowry and when he used like in a in a Verbal altercation with somebody last week was it? And he's like, "Oh yeah, my room, my room number is like, you know, six oh nine or something." Yeah, Aaron Gordon, I think.
1: Yeah, oh, that's what it was. And <laughs> how like Damian Lillard just been talking so much smack to like Paul George and Patrick, oh yeah, and you know they just have to like see each other the next day. How awkward is that?
0: I, I know. Yeah, there's only one of every. There's one like fishing spot or whatever we talked about a couple weeks ago. There's one barber shop like. Everyone's yeah. running into everyone, I'm
1: sure. Right. Except LeBron. LeBron has a castle, so he's not. Oh, good. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: pretty cool how they've, like, still, you know, they're all competitors and they've still been able to keep their, um, like, lo- level of competitiveness, even though there's, like, no fans there. And uh, just seeing how cutthroat, like, Damien Lillard has been this whole, oh. uh, this whole time has just been awesome. This whole Dame time, you mean? Oh, Excuse me. <laughs> yeah,
1: this, the NBA has just really been killing it overall. Like today, my wife Hannah uh, like walked in as I was watching the game, and she was like, "Wow, you can't even tell a difference between this and a regular game because like the crowd is there. They have like fake clapping in the background and fake chants and stuff. Just so realistic. Yeah, it's been
0: it's been overall just. It's nice every once in a while, you know, you're watching and it's just an escape or whatever. You just forget. Yeah. It's 2020.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and she made a good point. Like, there's going to be a lot of fans who maybe weren't even NBA fans before, but are just like craving the competitiveness of professional sports that are just going to stick with the NBA now. Like, what a time for the NBA to be thriving, you know?
0: Oh, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like, and even if they like weren't, didn't watch sports at all, and then they just watched it for like the... The spectacle of it, just to see what it looked like or whatever, like when it was all changed, because everyone's talking about it. And then, then they got hooked that way or whatever, maybe. Yeah,
2: right, absolutely. I feel like it's also they're you know kind of restarting the season, so even when you're seeing like a one-eight uh, matchup or a two-seven, it doesn't even seem like that big of a deal uh, because every team is kind of just starting the season again, so
0: it's almost like an even playing field. Right. Except except for the Suns, so. though.
1: Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Rest in peace. <laughs> eight, eight no sons don't even make it. That's nuts. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, well, let's get into
0: this. Uh, this documentary. It's not the traditional sports. Like, it's not in a really a sports category. When you look on the ESPN app, a lot of the thirty for thirties are organized by football or basketball or baseball. But this one's like, it's about a, a TV personality, really. And so it didn't didn't really fall into any um, specific sport. Um, The the documentary is called The Legend of Jimmy the Greek. It was directed by Fritz Mitchell. It first aired in November of 2009. So I think one every one or two weeks has been the theme uh, of these now six documentaries that we've Reviewed. Going in order from first all the way uh, up until the millionth or whatever there is. Anyway, this documentary follows the life of Jimmy Snyder. He's a sports handicapper and a TV personality. It discusses his rise and his fall, um, his huge impact on the popularity of sports betting in America, as well as all the controversy that surrounds him especially his his racist comments that ended and cost him his career so guys uh i think we all watched this today what, what was your kind of initial takeaway
2: yeah i mean um i can start off i i think uh initial takeaway is i feel like it's the perfect uh, drama or tragedy of a gambler um man that was that was a really sad ending. Yes. (laughs) again we 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 talked so much last week about how sad that was and then um you know like this this one for i don't even know maybe 40 minutes of it or two thirds of it you know it was generally pretty happy like that you know it's conflicts and whatever but uh then as we neared the end then it was like just straight tragedy tragedy and depressing and it just kept going and going and (laughs) I don't know that was like my main takeaway near the end um but at the beginning I kind of go I guess in reverse order here but um I loved the intro where it was like you know talking about Brett Musburger and him getting in a fight because (laughs) because I felt like I mean I I didn't know anything about Jimmy DeGreed going in uh, but if you would have told me that like Brett Musburger was ever in a fight with anybody, <laughs> like, I would have just rolled my eyes and be like, "Yeah, right." Like oh, the, my biggest uh, takeaway from Brett Musburger uh, or just remembering, I guess, is him calling Catherine Webb uh, yeah. the most beautiful person ever. I was just going to uh, say. During...
1: I was just going to say <laughs> the the person I envisioned him fighting is AJ Mc, AJ McCarron yeah. for, for his comments <laughs> about his girlfriend at national championship game.
2: <laughs> exactly and so then it's like he, he's just talking mad smack to jimmy the creek and i'm just loving it so i love the intro and then hated the ending i guess just because it was so sad but
1: I, th- I think my takeaway is like what you're saying it's the perfect like gambler's story as far as like i've had my casino phases before and i feel like i've always tell it like the good stories like yeah i won 250 bucks in blackjack tonight they're <laughs> like yeah i won 400 bucks that weekend but i've like not telling you about like oh yeah i lost 150 bucks in like ten twenty 20 minutes and stuff like that <laughs> and I, I felt like the whole time i was watching this when he was telling the stories about um you know his gambling and it was kind of weird like he was there the narrator was like pretending to be talking in first person which was interesting Um, and and he was talking about, you know, like, oh, I bet a hundred thousand dollars on this horse and I won. And I was thinking to myself, like, how many times though, did you bet like $50,000 on a horse and didn't win? And, uh, and, and so that, that was interesting. Um, other than that, yeah. Like I didn't really know that he played a big role in like CBS on the show NFL today. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting how they had like a, a different cast, um, you know, with a variety of different people on it including Brett mm-hmm. musberger um and i think like a f- former i f- i forget her name she was former miss america um
0: yeah phyllis something
1: yeah yep yeah. um and and so th- that was interesting and yeah it was just a, a, a rise and fall story for sure that i didn't really know about and i didn't really realize also like i've heard the name jimmy the greek before but i didn't realize like how big a deal he was he was like at one point they said he was one of the 10 most best known guys in America and like a self-made celebrity. And, um, so that was pretty fascinating to see how this guy like made himself into a celebrity based on his like gambling and, you know, talking about gambling and then, um, and then ended up like the, it being the downfall of his career kind of too.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, you brought up something, Sam, that I is my main, um, thought of about this documentary like i it's like my big main point that, that i really that's all i really want to talk about is that the actor that they had do the voiceover playing jimmy the greek in the documentary i can't stand it <laughs> <laughs> it's, i mean it's just so not right to do that i just can't like so i was watching it and I, at the very beginning the director a lot of these early 30 for 30s the director like has a little soundbite before the actual show starts in the cre- opening credits and he's like kind of explaining how what his approach was to the movie and and he mentioned vaguely that like they needed to get his voice or something and, and then he said that he had passed away a while ago and then they didn't say how they did that and then then an actor playing jimmy the greek uh kind of just cropped up about i don't know seven seven eight minutes in doing kind of an accent and and you know saying oh yeah i won whatever it was at the track blah blah blah. i felt this way and i every time i heard it i just my skin crawled i couldn't like so it's like um, I mean, and it's like it's almost not a documentary because of that. It's like something else. I I don't know. I um, I, and then I was like, okay, you know what? This is a specific choice that I d- wouldn't have made. I was trying to like be open minded about it, and like it honestly didn't not work. Like it it hel- It did what they were trying to do. Like it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they did have. It rounded out the story a lot. It definitely helped to have his perspective. But then I keep coming back to like, who, like, who is claiming that this is what he was thinking. And it's just like, I don't know, it, it hurt my soul to hear that.
1: <laughs> I, I figured you were gonna have strong thoughts on that. because It was very <laughs> unique. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of it either, you know, but um, definitely an interesting and the first time that we've witnessed that in the. This is our sixth one that we've watched, and it's definitely the first of its kind for first-person narration. Yeah,
0: and then to go along with that, it, um, I, I mean, you don't really see that very often in documentaries. I, I But what you do see is, like, the – I forget what it's called. It's, like, a reenactment uh, B-roll it, where they're doing just these out-of-focus shots of, like, bars – And, you know, they're not really showing Mm -hmm. faces and stuff like that. And there was kind of a lot of that in this. There was bar um, video that was just, you know, generic. There was racetrack. Well, the racetrack stuff was fine. But, like, there was shots that were pretending to be him but, like, in the distance or blurred out or with lighting blocking his face. And so there was a lot of that kind of stuff, which I also don't love. (laughs) Sure. But, I mean that's that's one um kind of just aspect of a documentary. And the content I really didn't mind. I I I mean there was a lot and part of it part of the reason that made me upset was there was tons of good interviews that really were so good. Dan Rather had good interviews. Brent Musburger, obviously, his stuff was super interesting with the fight and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phyllis, the other co-host, Irv Smith, had good quotes. He was another co-host in the NFL Today show. And then like that director that was like good friends with Jimmy the Greek, a technical director, I think, on the, the CBS show. So there was a lot of good interviews and just a ton of good content. And obviously, this story um, was super, you know, entertaining, just all the ups and downs. Nick, what what do you think? What, they they talked about his childhood a lot. And, like, what do you think of, like, how he got started gambling and that kind of phase that they touched on? Yeah, I mean, it kind of just felt to
2: me just kind of like that stereotypical gambler, um, you know, type of a, a story or lifestyle, like starting young uh amazed me the different death uh times that he avoided death i guess like what did they say two plane crashes he avoided and by just not uh, getting on the
1: plane purposely yeah yeah
2: and then uh and then the whole like thing with his mother and his aunts when his uh, uncle was deranged and killed them both and um I don't know. I'm sure that added to the level of uh superiority complex that he had or or just um feeling like he knew it all type of a thing and he was going to bet on himself because not only did it you know bring him to where he was as a sports handicapper, or gambler, or whatever, but then also just in his life like he wouldn't have you know been living if he, if he didn't do that. So, um yeah, I mean how he started Uh, I was was amazing to me just that he didn't even go past was it the 10th grade I don't know if he got through it
0: or or uh, didn't finish that and that's when he dropped out or what Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I think it was right around there there was that sorry there was that one story that they talked about when he I forget how he won it but like he walked home he was 13 I think yeah or 10 or something and he like won 1500 dollars and then like his dad like got mad at him, told him not to do it anymore. And then like a couple days later
1: him? didn't it say he like punched him? His dad punched oh, him. Oh, did he? Yeah. Pretty sure. And then he asked to borrow like a thousand dollars for a freezer. Like, yeah, and then his
0: dad was like, Oh, actually I need to borrow that money. And then and then he like Jimmy never called his dad dad or pops again. He called <laughs> <Yeah>. him George. <laughs> like oh, that sorry. was a crazy story.
1: It really was. It
2: made me think of you, Sam and <laughs> and that was when Sam never called him uh dad again. It was always Big Al. Yeah, I
1: call my dad Big Al, so I can definitely relate to Jimmy. <laughs> um I, I I found it interesting just like how resourceful he was and they like why he's such a legend based on some of that stuff like they talked. They told some really good stories about how like to gain an advantage, he realized that if he paid people to pick up newspapers on the train like on their way um, to I forget where they were located, but uh, in Vegas or whatever. Um, he would have people drop off newspapers to him from like all over the country, and like so, say like the St. Louis Dispatch or whatever would have information about you know the Rams or the Cardinals or whatever that uh, maybe like the AP news wouldn't pick up, and so based on that he would make bets, and I thought that was just like a really resourceful and like a way to gain an advantage, which was pretty cool um and just like him out outthi- I think outthinking others when it came to gambling like they talked about how he picked uh Harry Truman to win the presidency because the guy he was running against had a mustache and he realized based on like some independent surveys that he did that a lot of people and especially women didn't like mustaches back then um how crazy is that story right? I know <laughs> like what <laughs> And so it's, like, very evident why, like, this guy is such a legend. Um, and, yeah, like, they talked, like, one time he in, like, a year, I think he picked 32 underdogs and 27 of them hit or something, which is, like, mm-hmm. that's wild. What a run he was on. Um, and so it's very clear why he's, like, a legend and why this documentary was made, I guess. Um, yeah, he was but, definitely a
0: hustler. And they talked about, like, when once he moved to Vegas, eventually – and he was posted up there, and then he like gotten in... what did he? He got a, a arrested or a, a yeah. felony for a huge fine.
1: Yeah, he was like giving information, or like cross border gambling. Oh yeah, whatever, like
0: because like, you couldn't, you can't gamble in most states or something. So it was something like,
1: yeah. like cross stating. yeah, yeah, was... yeah gambling,
0: and. And so then, like he lost his his business, whatever it was, a sports book, I don't know. But um, and then he eventually he wound up on CBS on their football show, NFL show, and became like yeah, like you said, like a huge famous personality on TV all the time. And kind of the documentary tried to show the kind of the different sides of his personality, super you know harsh and rude and 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 stuff like that and but super popular and cares can could be charismatic um sam uh, or nick i mean what what do you guys think about just his time at at cbs the brent musburger stuff we touched on already and just and like the i mean he basically made um gambling and handicapping and, and and like sports betting probably bigger than it ever would have been without him.
2: Yeah. um, It it seemed like at least from the perspective of the documentary that he was the first one kind of the pioneer to, to go about that uh, within uh, a national broadcast show, at least Um, it reminded me, well, first off, I would, I would have liked to see more, I guess, like extended clips more than just kind of like, Oh, here's him and Brett Musburger for like two seconds in front of a board saying, you know, the quarterbacks are favored on this side versus the running backs on the other side. It would have been interesting to see more of like his segments, I think.
1: Yeah. I agree. um,
2: And then, then with that, like when, when they did show him doing like you know the pick segment um, one thing that like they said, they're like, I don't even know like how right he was, but you know, by this point um, you know, but we didn't really keep a tally on things. And that's something that I, like I often think about with like people on ESPN or like Fox or whatever. Um, I mean, the NFL um, shows tend to do that nowadays. Um, but you know, like some of the less uh, or less uh, liked things uh, from my perspective, at least, like you know, like Skip Bayless or like First Take um, or like things like that. It's like I don't even think their takes are you know that right. <laughs> and so i think that's what you know a lot of people's complaints are that they're never like held accountable or anything Mm -hmm. like that um but back to like his segments at least on those picks and stuff it just reminded me more so of and i think this just hits our generation better um of like swami says on espn with like chris berman and how he would always do these like random picks and um seemingly making up <laughs> scores just at his own will <laughs> and being like, Oh, they're going to win by a touchdown or by like a missed field goal or something like that. Crazy. Um, but I, I just remember watching that a lot um,
0: growing up. Uh, like yeah. That's a good the, All the NFL games and stuff. Yeah. They, th- they had the behind the scenes stuff from the director who was like, you know, he was kind of cranky and they, t- with the, with, the female host phyllis it's like she eventually mm-hmm. forced the, the cbs's hand and they had to tape his segments separate from her so they wouldn't really cross paths because he was just like kind of verbally abusive to her and just mean and and kind of sexist sometimes and and so yeah it was, i don't know it was just kind of a a mess and he he had a, what was it two of his kids died of cystic fibrosis or three Three. three um and then there was this quote after they talked about that from i think an author um that might have wrote something on him or or i'm not sure what it was but the quote what from that guy just talking about jimmy was jimmy wasn't someone who could talk about his soul he kept it inside um maybe that's what a gambler does play the cards close to the vest so that's when the documentarian heard that quote they were like okay there's our thesis of this entire documentary like i always love it when there's like a soundbite that's just like sums up the entire thing in one like sentence i thought that was really good
1: totally agree
0: sam what did you think of uh what was the part where uh it kind of his downfall and he like he was getting interviewed at dinner and he made all these racist comments and basically got canceled Can you kind of just describe what happened there?
1: Sure. So, yeah, he just made, um, I don't know, some, would you say, like, racially charged comments, I guess. um, Yeah. That were, like, completely unacceptable. Even back then, um, like, now I can't even imagine, like, he would have been fired, like, in a minute today. But um, they talk, like, the CBS president, I think, is interviewed Mm -hmm. and just talks about, like, you know his time was kind of winding down at cbs anyways which i think played a role in like them eventually just being like yeah we're not going to bring you back um and yeah i just think it was like him saying that like it was already kind of he was on the downfall of his career like things weren't going super well i don't think and then um you know he, they talk about how he's difficult and like how he was really expensive for the company because he had like really expensive taste and then on top of that he makes these racially charged comments and um basically CBS is like yeah we're not going to renew your contract you're done basically um and then it's it's sad it just talks about how after that he just struggled he never got another job and on TV um and like his gambling habits uh you know kept increasing i guess maybe even and uh yeah
0: caught up to him i guess <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's a better way of putting it they, his gambling habits caught up with them it seems and uh at the end they tell a story about like their director of the film asks him to go to dinner in vegas and he shows up and he's in like a dirty sports coat and uh there's like grease stains all over it and he ends up like asking the director if he can borrow some money um because like things have gotten that bad for him that he can, can hardly afford like anything now so um yeah i think I think the way you put it uh, like gambling finally caught up with them. Especially like when you don't have like a TV contract to fall back on and you hit some losses eventually you're you're going to go in the hole probably.
0: Yeah, I thought there was just like a couple like ties to nowadays with this just in in overall themes like wh- like the that that one where like you know getting canceled for saying something or get, losing your job happens all the time nowadays. Uh, more than it used to back in, and I guess I should have said it was in 1988 was when he got fired from CBS after being there for 12 years. So, and this this film kind of just goes up, you know, back and forth throughout his life, childhood to death. Yeah, but um, he he passed away at age 77 in 1996, so that was uh, eight years after he left CBS. Um, he had some heart issues, you know, immediately following. Um, and then another one of the main themes that we talked about already, but that just ties in with today is just betting and, you know, n- more and more just even in the past year, the past two, three years, like betting has been legalized in more and more States. It's been, I mean, it, the people have been doing it for decades, but it's, it's just become more and more accepted, you know, like, you know, networks like espn and cbs sports network whatever it is or like they have like sports betting shows literally like where they talk about the lines and all that kind of thing um so it's just super more super um popular now and it's just gotten more and more and more um since then so i I thought it was interesting just how you know it's still this is relevant to today it was produced what 11 years ago and it was on a topic from much longer than that but it still kind of has uh relevancy
1: yeah you could almost say like he was ahead of his time was you Mm -hmm. know was one of the first people to really talk about gambling openly and that that was one of the reasons that he rose to stardom and um yeah now you have people you have like entire podcasts and entire shows and all sorts Mm -hmm. of fully committed to the gambling scene so it's interesting Anything else we want to mention about this before we
0: do our ultimate rating of this documentary?
1: I don't think so. I'm good. No. I can start us off if you guys want. Okay, Sam, go ahead. All right. So this was not one of my favorites. Um, Didn't like the first-person narration. Um, And more than that, I just think, like, I don't necessarily think that... uh, Jimmy the Greek deserved, like, a 52-minute documentary. Um, I thought that this story could have been told in, like, 15 minutes. To be honest, um, <laughs> I really do. I just felt like <laughs> I felt like they told, like, story after story, and some of them were interesting, but I just found myself being like, oh, I don't really think that this is, like, that good of a person. And, um, you know, he ends up being broke, so, like, how good of a gambler was he really? And that's kind of, like... The main, <laughs> the main talking point of the whole documentary. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I just think that I just didn't find him to be like that interesting or that good of a person, I guess. And so for that reason, I'm going with a uh, 5.5 point spread um, in honor of all the gambling going on. Um, I don't think I'll ever really go much lower than like four or five. Um,
2: I was going to say, you're just like... <laughs> You just stomped on them the whole time and then you still gave them a 5.5. 5.
1: I know. I think that's. I'm like pretty. I'm a pretty optimistic person. So I feel like for the most part, I'm always going to rank them like. Like the worst ones will probably be like fours and fives and the best <laughs> ones will be like nines, tens, you know? So I would say, yeah, this is the like, Sam scale. Yeah, this is the Sam <laughs> scale. It's like from four to 10. I'll give this one like 5.5 5. point spread. And, uh, okay. Probably one of my least favorites so far for sure. Actually, yeah, it's second it's my second least favorite so far okay
0: um i'll jump in just because i i am another uh negative voice maybe maybe nick will be a little more positive but i yeah I, I mean i already kind of aired my grievances about this one with the just the approach the style the actor in a documentary i mean it's just an oxymoron um i i mean i i was really intrigued with a lot of the the cbs stuff I mean, i with my background in tv i thought it was cool to watch brent musburger way back at when and doing mm-hmm. other things and and that was super interesting um and just to see the kind of the production and and he was a you know a, a super you know intriguing story but yeah i mean I, I suppose like if you compare it to the top the um centerpieces of other documentaries we watched so far like it's kind of unfair to do that, but he's not Wayne Gretzky, right? The greatest hockey player of all time. He's not Muhammad Ali, the greatest boxer of all time. Like right. it, it's tough when you, you know, have that um, weighted on the other side of the scale. But so ultimately I'm going to give it 4.1 actors because there was an actor in this um, <laughs> 4.1, I think is probably my lowest score so far, but um I would have given it lower, but there was so much good sound bites, so many good anecdotes that that's what I ended up going with. How about you, Nick?
2: Yeah, you're not really looking for me to be the optimistic person, right? <laughs> with me being <laughs> the lowest average rating. Yeah, Nick's oh, average yeah.
1: rating is five point nine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's going down. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of said it. Um, I'm right in the middle. I'm just a straight five out of ten here. Um five uh uh dirty looks from the sun. Uh because I feel like one of the funniest parts of this whole thing was the interviews of the sun and he's just livid that his dad didn't give him
1: any money. Like <laughs> oh that. my god, I about that. Yeah, that interview is ridiculous. He's like, believe me, my dad had a lot of fun with his money, but it ran out fast. <laughs> and he's like Uh he
2: should have been a billionaire (laughs) and he's like mad about that still (laughs) and oh yeah so yeah i was uh i was entertaining (laughs) (laughs) comic relief i guess you could say on my part
1: (laughs) wow i feel like i gave it i gave it like way too high of a rating now
0: (laughs) no take backs
1: okay fine
0: shouldn't have gone first (laughs) i know (laughs) Okay, so uh, transitioning now, we're going to play Mount Rushmore as we do every week. Um, The theme, kind of based loosely off this, Jimmy the Greek was the topic of this documentary. So we're doing sports or uh, athletes, I guess I should say, nicknames. So athletes, nicknames, best ones you can think of, top four, Mount Rushmore. I think I'm going first. And there's just so many that literally pop into your head as soon as we decided on this. So you know, it was easy to make a list. I'm sure I'll forget some that I will regret. But number one, I'm going Jolton Joe DiMaggio. It's kind of an old school pick, but I feel like that's just – I've always thought that's just such a cool and very unique. Like, um, like it's just a kind of unique what, word. What is like, it? Can you say common. that again? Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Jolton Joe. Um, I mean, you know, a great hitter back way back when. Um, but I think it's just such a unique nickname and then that's why I'm picking it. Uh, who's next? Sam, I think.
1: I am up. Um, I've never even heard that nickname, so that's interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. I like it. Jolton Joe. Okay. Um, I'm going with probably my all-time favorite nickname, um, and my all-time favorite baseball player, the big unit, Randy nice. Johnson. Mm i don't know <laughs> going there. <laughs> I just, I just think it's the coolest nickname. He, he was the big unit. He's like six foot, what, six foot ten, lefty, craziest slider, mullet, hits a bird, like <laughs> he was just such a cool, <laughs> such a cool guy. Like, and I just think that his nickname like perfectly uh captivates like who he is as a player. And so the big unit's my pick.
0: Awesome.
2: Uh, transition or perfect transition to this uh, nickname being a perfect uh, descriptor of, a, of the player and how they played. I'm going uh, with MJ and Air Jordan or his royal airness uh, just because of the same reason, basically, that you said, Sam, but uh, just everything for MJ. Yes.
0: Good
1: pick. All right. And I got to go back again, back. right? Yeah, you're back to back
2: all right back to back um let's get some variety i'm gonna go with uh william perry the refrigerator
1: Ooh, dang nice. yeah
2: that's a legit one and <laughs> and then i just love um uh, like didn't he have like two big front teeth <laughs> and okay. i just love like all the pictures of him just like looking like the biggest guy ever and then he's just got this big old smile and just looks like a teddy bear but i
1: what a dog he
2: was the yeah.
1: refrigerator because that could be so many things like you're so big you're as big as a refrigerator or it could be like you eat so much food
2: <laughs> you need <laughs> another refrigerator in your home <laughs> yeah
1: that's a good one. Oh man um i am up i am gonna go with one that i think's pretty funny i'm gonna go with clipboard jesus who is charlie whitehurst who is like uh back oh. up quarterback in the NFL for so long. What? That, yeah, and he just like had long flowing hair and uh yeah, they called him <laughs> they called him Clipboard Jesus cuz he like never played, but he was oh like Oh my gosh, so i had never play. heard of that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Dude, yeah.
0: that's a good that's a good pull. Clipboard
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. My yeah, turn? Yep. Yeah.
0: Do I do two? Yes. You got two. Okay, I'm doing um the kid ken griffey jr mm-hmm. um i feel like we mentioned him in, in a previous show uh, but he i mean it's just such a I, I like the simple ones i think and it's just so like he was just like the coolest guy um so fitting i guess is the word i'm searching for yeah. the kid with backward hat ken, ken griffey jr and then... And so yard Baseball.
2: I didn't mention that last week when I picked them, but...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, you got to remember them there. Um, I was going to take The Fridge next, but... Oh, man, I have so many on my list still. So. I'm going to... Um, I guess throwing it back to the pilot episode of Documentary Diehards, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely deserves to be up there. And, mm-hmm. I mean... It's a combo of a simple, elegant nickname and, like, you know, the best player. So, Wayne Gretzky is
1: my third
0: guy on my Mount Rushmore.
1: All right. I'm debating here. Like you said, there's so many on my list. Um, I'm going to go with Revis Island. Nice. Um, I just think that as a cornerback like you can't get a better compliment than like oh that guy's an island. You can put him out there and by himself and he'll just you know, shut this guy down and you, to have an island named after you is like the biggest compliment you can have as far as a corner and I don't know if there's like a better corner in our lifetimes than Darrell Revis and his prime. So Revis Oh, that's
0: a debate in of itself right there. <laughs>
1: it is, but what went- prime Darrell Revis was unreal. So good.
0: Very true. All
2: right, me. Yep. Hmm. I don't know how he lasted this long. I got to go with uh, the late great Black Mamba. Yep. Yep. And I and especially on the news that I just saw that uh, the Lakers apparently only if they make it past the first round, but they're they're wearing their Black Mamba jerseys. Um, oh. in the playoffs so that I don't is... know if that's in like for all of the games or if that's just for you know here and there or what
1: mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that was pretty cool today that i saw that such um a cool sorry what would you say such a cool nickname and so fitting too hmm
2: yeah I agree
1: uh last pick
2: I'm gonna go a little off the wall or or one that you guys probably wouldn't have. Um, I'm going to go Fred Hoiberg uh, and, and uh, his nickname was the mayor. So he went, he grew up in Ames, Iowa, and then went to Iowa State. Um, and he was so beloved in Ames that uh, his teammates nicknamed him uh, the mayor. And uh, that even carried when, when he was a coach there a couple of years ago too. Um, I just think that's a sweet nickname. Like you're the mayor.
0: Do you think he could have actually gotten elected mayor?
2: Oh, I bet. I I mean, I don't. I don't really know, but um, I don't. I feel like Ames is a college town, and you know, if he could have, if he would have went for it, sure. With how much, yeah.
1: I think some of the best nicknames start with the. Like I have so many. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) The glove, the mailman, the answer, the big hurt. Yep. the big fundamental like how uh, that's they're all so cool um i am gonna go off of that i'm gonna go with the answer i think that's cool um mm. A- alan iverson mm. uh, just had an answer for everything on the basketball court i guess so he he was the answer
0: Good choice, and my turn to round it up. Everyone has for, but me, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tie it back to this one, the legend of Jimmy the Greek, and I'm gonna go with the Greek freak, Giannis. Mm. The Greek freak, I think, is just such a. I remember when I heard it first, um, I was like, "Why? I, I didn't. I was like behind the times or something." It had been going for a few weeks. I don't know, but I was like, wait, "Why are they calling him that?" And then I was just like. Uh, yeah, actually, it makes sense. Like, have you seen him play? It, it's fitting, and he's from Greece. It's awesome. It's unique. Um, so, yeah, Giannis. And no one wants to say his last
1: name. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of it, I think. <laughs> all right. So, all right, uh, Sam, you want to just list them all off for us? Sure thing. So, Wren started us off. He went uh, Jolten, Joe DiMaggio, um, The Kid, The Great One, and The Greek Freak. Then I went with The Big Unit, Clipboard Jesus, Revis Island, and The Answer. And Nick went with Air Jordan or His Royal Airness, The Refrigerator, Black Mamba, and The Mayor. All excellent, I think. Nick's got a couple of legends
0: on the hardwood on his team. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and The Refrigerator.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel
1: like there's so many. I feel
2: like we could have gotten another four each. Like, there's so many good ones. You know, what was it? Uh, Was it two weeks ago? We were, like, or maybe three. Yeah, with owners, we were, like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're really, like, trying to reach for things. And here, it's, like, we could have done this for weeks.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, we didn't even mention, like, the chosen one, which is, like, LeBron James. How cool of a nickname is that? Yeah. Or, like, Shaq has had a million nicknames. I was looking them all up. Oh, yeah. Diesel, Superman, Big Shamrock, Shaq Daddy, the Big Aristotle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We, maybe we someday we do a Mount Rushmore, and we each pick four of Shaq's nicknames. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, the Big the big
0: <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, man, so good.
1: All right, so next up,
0: our next segment is our, our documentary wish list. It's my turn this week to think of a, a documentary that I want made. And I, was, I had several ideas, and I, I was just, like, Googling them to make sure they weren't made. And they all were. <laughs> so I, I finally found one that I don't think is. Um, it's kind of not fleshed out completely, but I, I would love to see a 30 for 30 or a sports documentary about uh, a bat boy or girl for a major league baseball team. Like I remember when I was little, I would, I, I you know, I used to, wa- I've mentioned this before. I used to watch every single twins game and I would like watch the, the bat boy um, or the ball boy or the, whatever they they're called, like just in the dugout, sitting next to the manager, you know, handing the bats, you know, gathering the balls, bringing the balls to the umpire whatever. And like, it, it was always the same one at every home game. Um, and I was like, well, that's like the sickest job ever. Um, I wonder what their life is like. They're meeting all these people. Um, and, and, and I, I was probably in middle school when I realized that I somehow learned that like the, the guy that year, the bat boy that year was like, I don't know, 23, 24. I was like, wait, I thought there were kids <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But even so, like, I think he was like, they're like college age kids generally, I think it would be cool to just have a camera crew or just a camera following around, you know, a week in the life of a bat boy in a Major League Baseball team. You know, it would be hard, obviously, with all the, you know, the famous athletes around. But, like, how cool would it be to see what, you know, they have to scrub down the balls and they have to clean all the cleats and get the know every extra bat and who uses which size bat and all the miscellaneous stuff. Um, I think that would just be a really fun documentary. I obviously wouldn't be honest, you know, of the best player of all time or anything. It'd be kind of a different vein, kinda of different mm-hmm. category of a sports documentary, but I think it would be fun to watch for sure.
1: Maybe there's like an underground society of bat boys and bat girls.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they all like go to the bar after their yeah. their games and <laughs> just like tell- telling the stories.
1: You're right, tell the craziest stories ever. Yeah. barry bonds was drunk the whole game (laughs) oh i bet they they've witnessed stuff like that a lot i'm sure yeah and and it's also just really cool like imagine the stuff they've seen like for instance like san francisco giants like the year that barry bonds hit 72 home runs like how cool would it be to be that bat boy slash girl Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i wonder if you get a ring probably i bet you do
1: i bet you do
2: yeah because usually they're employees within the locker room or whatever, so I feel like, yeah. Yeah, and and I think they travel with the team, too, depending on probably the team and the yeah, setup and everything.
0: I think so, too. I mean, I know they have multiple, so, like, sometimes there's, like, one main travel one and one main home one, and then there's obviously others yeah, um, for other, you know, parts of the field and stuff, but. Anyway, um, let's go to our final segment. Just uh,
1: looking forward, what is next on the documentary docket, Sam? Okay, so next week is week number seven, episode seven. It's called The You. Um, it's directed by Billy Corbin in December of 2009, and it covers um, the Miami University of Miami football team and the racial and cultural evolution of Miami during the 1980s. Um and, yeah, the University of Miami is legendary, so I think it'll be a good one. I can't yeah, wait. I we're all looking forward to this one. <laughs> and it's actually two hours long, so we got to be a little more prepared for this one as far as...
0: Is it really? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. And they had to make oh, part two you later, part.
1: so... Oh, yeah. Get yeah. your seatbelts on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Is it one? Is it something where we should watch them out of order, where we watch the second one right away, or do we just continue to watch them in order? Ooh, that's a great. To be determined. Tune in next week. Yeah, tune in next week. What a cliffhanger!
2: (laughs) Watch
0: out. (laughs) I like that. All right. Well, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Instagram. Follow along with our um questions on there if you want to ask a question answer a question on our instagram story um at doc diehard if they handle there guys anything else before we say goodbye nothing for me I don't,
1: not for me either i'm looking forward
0: to next week already we've got a, done a half dozen podcasts so far thank you everyone for listening we'll see you next week